Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 47 of my podcast, I Stand Strong. I, as always, am Teddy, coming from my bear cave in the concrete jungle of the beautiful Midwest. Um, so yeah, let's just jump right into this. Uh, part two of my three-parter talking about the Mass, the original Mass Effect trilogy. Um, so, of course, that goes to kind of tell you, I guess, that Mass Effect 2 is on the docket today. Um so yeah, where to where to start with Mass Effect Two? Because in my eyes, it's it's still like the the peak of um, peak of the series. Um, you know, characters. You know, the characters around you. The story, I think, just plays out a lot better. Um, you know, they definitely started refining a lot of the systems to it. Um, but yeah, let's just get into it. Um, so Mass Effect 2, uh, I guess spoilers ahead if you have never played Mass Effect 2, which if you haven't, why have you not played the Mass Effect trilogy? Um, yeah, um, you know, I remember the first time I played this one, uh, the opening sequence was a hell of a shocker because um, in the, you know, the opening sequence, you you know, you see the Normandy, and you know, of course, it doesn't show your character without a helmet on at first because you know you haven't designed your character, even if you have carried a character over from Mass Effect One. Uh, anyway, it shows the Normandy, you know, still out on its mission to you know try to preemptively uh, stop the Reaper, uh, the impending Reaper invasion. Um, and except they've kind of been sidelined in a way because, you know, as typical, uh, politicians do, you know, they don't want to accept the fact that there's this, uh, really scary alien force on the way. So they, uh, they actually have Shepard and the Normandy only going after the Geth because they believe, you know, oh no, the Geth are the real threat that, the Reapers were just something created by Saren in the first game to like get the Geth to help him or whatnot. But, you know, so they're out in space doing their, their Geth patrols, I guess they didn't really make it a hundred percent, you know, clear what exact, where, exa- you know, what exactly they're, they're doing at the moment of this, this incident. But then, Sorry, uh, uh, suddenly a ship of unknown origin shows up near them and just obliterates the Normandy. And this was just like so shocking. He's like, no, no you, you can't blow up the Normandy. But so the Normandy gets attacked, just gets ripped apart by the, the weapons of this, uh, this ship um, of unknown origin. And when you take control, you are shepherd on the, on the Normandy, but it's like blown to bits. So like there's a point where, you know, cause you're still wearing, you're, you're wearing your helmet. So you like, you know, you can't see your character's face, but you know, he tells whoever your love interest in the first game was, he tells them to just get to an escape pod. He has to go get Joker cause Joker's, uh, you know, your pilot, he's still in the, the cockpit and you have to go get him cause he refuses to leave the Normandy. And it has this really great moment where you actually cross through a barrier into like zero G, you know, kind of like a, uh, you know, a decompressed part of the ship, essentially. And you're walking through the, this really slow, like walking really slowly through this section. But like if you move your camera around, you can see space all around you and everything. And like as you're walking through these points, you know, like if you bump into a piece of, you know, the ship that's just kind of hanging there, it'll move like move out of your way because like as you you bump it and there's no gravity in that spot um you get to get to joker basically like force him to leave the ship and you get him onto an escape pod just in time for a final hit on the normandy and it blows you know blows the normandy up and you kind of see shepherd float away as uh joker's escape pod ejects from the normandy cutting to a scene of like, you know, like Shepard flying through space and like he plugs up the first air hole in his suit. And then you see there's like so many more. So you're like, 
No, like, okay, someone's going to swing by and catch him or what. No, Shepard dies. Um, Full-on Shepard dies in the first 10 minutes of the game. And it was such a shock. I'm like, so what, 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 who who do you play as in this game? You know, and then uh, smash cut to a very, you know, um, mysterious guy talking to a a very attractive female designed to look like, I do not remember the actress, but I know she was on like Chuck or whatnot. Um, and they're talking about how they need Shepard for their mission and they need to bring him back. And then like the opening credits kind of are like, you know, like this whole thing of like essentially like a bunch of like mechan or not mechanical medical like stuff. So like them in implant, you know, like, x-rays of them implanting stuff and then you know it shows like a heart that was all you know withered and whatnot coming back to life and whatnot and i think there if i remember right there is a little bit of comp like a little bit of uh you know like narration as it's going on as you hear about them like you know the experimentation they're doing or whatever and then shepherd wakes up on this ship under attack no clue how he got there and you know so you're you're instantly thrown into you know waking up on this in this med bay of this ship and you know you're told hey look you know you've got some equipment in this locker you need to get it you need to get to the you know this one part of this ship because this you know the ship's being attacked and we need to you know they need to get you out of there or whatever and you know essentially it's your tutorial so you're going through and you know trying to uh figure out, you know, where you, you know, as you're, as you're going through, of course, it's teaching you the new, like the new gameplay mechanics, like, uh, in the first game, instead of like, uh, like clips or anything in your gun, you just had like a over, you know, like a, a heat meter. And if you, your weapon overheated, it had to like cool down. Well, in this one, you have thermal clips is I believe what they call them. And it's basically ammo. So you have like so many shots before you have to reload, um, which I think actually is a better system in many ways because in the first game it was really easy to uh, get certain upgrades for your guns that made it so they never overheat or very rarely overheat. So it's like you could kind of break the game a little bit with little upgrades here, little upgrades there. Um, yeah, as you're as you going down the you know going through this ship, you find you know you. You get attacked by like these droids, um, like I think they're supposed to be like security droids or something like that, of or security bots of some kind. Um, and you also get to see like mechs that are attacking this ship and whatnot. And you come upon your first, you know, NPC originally, and that's Jacob, who ends up actually being part of your party. And like he's he's like, hey Shepard, I don't know why you're awake. But I guess Miranda had to wake you up so you could, you know, to keep you safe or whatever. And he's like, hey, listen, I know you got some questions. I'll answer any questions you have. Just let's finish off this, this, you know, this wave of uh, insurgents that are coming in or whatever you want to call them. Um, wave of attackers. So, you know, and in this one, like you, you get to learn the new mechanics of like how to get a teammate to use a biotic ability because Jacob has biotic abilities. Um, so like, you know, your tutorial is to try to get, you know, like use Jacob to float enemies up from behind cover so you can shoot them and whatnot. And once the, the enemies are cleared from this room, you know, you can, you can start, you know, you get your first like dialogue thread and you kind of find out like, you know, Hey, yeah, you were dead. They brought you back. They refuse to tell you who, you know, he refuses to tell you who they are. He's like, you know, maybe we better wait to explain, you know, I'll wait for, let, let's let Miranda explain to you, you know, like who we are and why we're doing this. Um, and you get, uh, yeah, you get a little bit of backstory on like, basically just on like, it's been a couple years, I think. It, yeah, I think it's been like two years since the Normandy SR one was destroyed. So you're, you know, but you know, he doesn't even know why these people are attacking and whatnot. 
you come upon another NPC who tells you, you know, like, hey, yeah, we just need to get to this place, this one spot. And he tells you, you know, like, it's Miranda's the, Miranda's the traitor. She's the one who sold us out. So, you know, you know, don't trust Miranda kind of thing. Uh, which, you know, so you, you fight, I think, I want to say you fight one mech, like manned mech throughout this entire thing. And eventually you go through a door and Miranda's on the other side of the door. And it's the female character you saw in that, that brief cut scene where, you know, talking to the, the mysterious man now known as the elusive man, which spoiler, you never get to know anything other than he's called the elusive man, uh, played brilliantly voice wise by, uh, Martin Sheen. Um, God, that man has a devious voice. Um, anyways, and Miranda's on the other side of the door and she like instantly shoots the second, that, that NPC that was telling you not to trust her. And she, you know, she's like, no, listen, you got to trust me. He was the one who, you know, he's the one who, you know, dropped all the security to let the, you know, let this, these enemies in with the goal of killing Shepard or whatever. And so you kind of have to like take her for her word and she tells you, I believe it is. She, it might be Jacob might've actually let it slip earlier but that you are actually in a base that's run by Cerberus who is kind of like side story in the first game like in the first game you 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 do a couple things that um that interact with them and they were like you know doing uh doing experimentation with the Rachni uh you know, the, the spider beans that, you know, the Krogans were raised up to destroy or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's you know, it, I remember it being kind of a shock the first time. Like, well, you know, now you're working with these horrible people. Um, which are also kind of, you know, like in the in the first game, it's kind of alluded to. Like, you have to read every, like a lot of like little data pads and whatnot to get the full thing about how like Cerberus is a is like basically a pro-human organization. You know, their belief is to protect humanity at any cost, not, you know, screw the other races kind of thing, which in many ways kind of has a, a more modern day uh, um, tie to some of how, you know, how our world is now. But anyways, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it was just such a shocker that, you know, you're, you're, being brought back by Cerberus, so you kind of have to think, okay, what's the what's the end game of Cerberus? What do they want with you? Um, I didn't really mention you. Like your character has like these scars from like where they had to put like basically they they made you part but you know part machine in many ways. Like you've got a lot of like nanotech or whatever inside of you that's you know to help bring you back to life or whatever. Um, which, you know, like, raises the question. I, th I think they actually give you the question, like, why not just clone the character? I think at some point in time somebody asked, like, why didn't they just clone Shepard? And the, the idea was the elusive man didn't want to clone because he wanted the original. Like, everything that made Shepard Shepard is what they needed. You know, a clone, there's a chance of being different or whatever. Um, but yeah, so you, you fight your way off the ship and you end up going to like a, a little outpost of Cerberus where you finally get to have a conversation with the elusive man where he informs you that, you know, the the ship that destroyed the Normandy at the beginning belongs to this race of creatures known as the Collectors. And they've been hitting all these... Uh, uh, human uh settlements on the fringes of space but they're not just like attacking and killing they're attacking and abducting and he wants to know why they're abducting humans you know on top of you know as he you know he says protect you know protecting humanity or whatever um more to that in the as we go um and he tells you, you know like he's he's got a ship for you so you know your mission is to basically you know to, to prove what he's saying, he sends you to, uh, like, a, a colony on a, a far, you know, a distant planet or whatever that's 
recently been hit by the collectors and try to get some more information. Um, yeah. And I mean, that, that kind of kicks off your story. You know, you get, you get, you know, you have your conversation with the elusive man. You don't really get a whole lot of questions. You get kind of just like, Hey, listen, this is what we want. You know, we, we want you to try to like basically lead the investigation into who the collectors are and what they want. Uh, and, you know, the elusive man feels that Shepard is, you know, like somebody they will listen to if, uh, you know, if he brought the information to them. So, yeah, you go to this this colony. It's been wiped out. You know, you, I think, yeah, you meet, uh, you refind your the... A companion from the first game, uh, Tali from, you know, who's a Quarian on the planet. And she's there because like basically one, one of her people was there and he's like the only one left alive on this thing. And he saw what happened because he locked himself in like a, like a security room or something like that. And this game also gives you the first time you really get to interact with the the new version of the Paragon Renegade system, which, and really in most of the time, instead of it being like dialogue choices, it's a prompt that pops up on screen. Um, the Paragon options pop up on the left hand side, and if you see it, you click the the left trigger, um, and the Renegade will pop up on the right, and you click the right trigger for it. And it usually allows you to do different interactions with things. I mean, you never get both at the same time. It's always either one or the other will pop up. Um, kind of a quick time event too, because if you forget to click it, you don't you don't catch time and click it. You don't really get to do the the Paragon or Renegade option, depending on how you're playing. Excuse me, playing. Um, but yeah, so you you know you get you get the the gist of like the, you know this. This force, they come in, they shut every, like somehow they can just, they're technologically advanced to the point they can shut down like all security system, you know, all securities and just, you know, clear a colony and be gone in a matter of, you know, an hour probably. I don't think they ever really give a, an official time frame on that. But um, yeah, it, 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 it hits hard pretty quick. Um you know, you, you, like I said, you get to interact with Tali. She trusts you, even though she's not sure why you're, you know, how you're alive. And she's definitely hesitant when she knows that you're working with Cerberus agents. And, you know, it keeps giving you the options to say stuff like, listen, I'm not working for Cerberus. Cerberus is working with me to help, you know, do this, this mission or whatever. And you can ask her to join your party and she'll be like, or your, uh, you know, your team, your crew. And she'll, she'll be like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm on kind of a really important mission, but you know, she's really glad she, you know, she saw you whatnot. And there you go. Um, I think it's after that, that they finally give you your new, like your new official ship. Cause I think you should use like a jump ship, uh, to get to that colony. And Boom, you find out that you've got now a new Normandy. The Cerberus has rebuilt the Normandy, dubbed the Normandy SR2. Um, really, really, you know, souped up. And they introduce you to your pilot. And it's Joker. Yay! You know, you know they weren't going to pass up getting Seth Green to come back and do Joker. Because, like, Joker's interactions with some like throughout the first game is awesome. And it just, get, he gets better with every game, I think to some extent. Um, and you get introduced to like, you know, the new way the ship works. In the first one, it was pretty much just like go up and down some stairs. Um, it's a pretty basic, you know, kind of like hub for majority of the game where this one, you know, you've got a lot of rooms you can't access at the beginning. Um, Everything's done through an elevator. Like now you have your very own captain's quarters, which allows for a lot of customization because like you have like a giant fish tank. So like if you go to, you know, when you go to the Citadel, you could buy fish for that. But God damn it, help remember to feed them or they die. Um, you know, you get introduced to a couple new members of your crew because 
there were crew members that died in the Normandy attack. So like, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of, I think it was Bailey was the name of like, you know, there was this guy in the first game, Bailey, and he's, he died in it. So like, there's a different, you know, person in his position. I can't remember exactly what his position was off the top of my head. Um, and yeah, you get introduced to your new crew member, the the new crew members. It allows you to also go around and like, you know, you can find Jacob in the armory and you can talk to him and get your first bit of, you know, like building on like who his character is. And you can find Miranda in her office on a certain level. And when you go to the med bay, you find that they actually brought back the uh, doctor from the original game for the for this one too. like Cerberus hired her. Um and yeah, and as you talk to some people, you'll get like small, small side quests as well as, um, as you talk to Miranda and Miranda, the doctor and, uh, Jacob, you can ask them, Hey, do you have any ideas for ship upgrades? Which brings in like a new mechanic in this game that I really liked, which is like, they give you these, they, they could tell you, yeah, Hey, I've got this idea for like, you know, better shielding or better, you know, better material on the hull or whatever. And then uh, when you get the resources, you can like basically go to this science, uh, like, you know, like a, a tech wing of the ship and it lets you, you know, like buy those upgrades as well as you can also like find upgrades to your armor and guns through that and stuff like that upgrades like your health or your shielding for your character or you know, like gets you better, ar- different armor that like gives you different stat boosts. So like you can get like gauntlets that maybe give you more ammo carry or some that will boost your health or, you know, stuff like that. And it, it makes the customization a lot big, you know, a lot, a lot better. Um, yeah. And then, you know, like as you get the Normandy and you're, you know, you're off for your, you know, you're just basically told, Hey, Go explore. I'll send you more information. Oh, by the way, here's the, you know, here's three dossiers for, I believe it starts with three, um, for new, for team members that we believe would really be able to help your, um, help your mission. And they give you the first three. Um, well, unless you have the DLCs, which the ones I'm playing has all the DLCs. So I actually got to play a couple DLCs that I've never gotten to play, which starts with you with five then, because you have the two DLC companion, or uh, crew members that <clears throat> you get right off the bat. Um, but yeah, so it kind of becomes a thing of like, okay, you can go and, you know, go and explore or you can just go straight ahead into, you know, finding your team members, which I want to say the first round, two of them are on in the same, like same planet. And then like the last one, you go to a separate planet, but yeah, and it's like so you still go and start to to rebuild your team. Um and yeah, of course, you know, like you'd expect, uh a few of the crew members from the first first game come back as uh come back to as team members. So like you get Garrus, the Turian your Turian char- uh character from the from the first game. He rejoins, but he's called something else, so it took us, you know. Like you go to uh, Omega, which is kind of like a really, it's kind of most Eisley in many ways. In you know, it's just a space station that's you know corrupt as hell, run by a Asari character named Arya Talok, who um, is voiced by Carrie Ann Moss and does bear a striking resemblance to her. And while you're there, you can you can get like the first of the DLC companions, Zaid, which like he he just joins your party. Like there's no real big mission to it. You just run into him and he joins your group. Um, and when you go to, but then while you're there, you know, you're like one of the people you're looking for is this character named Archangel. And all you can really pick up from at the beginning is that Aria or, uh, Archangel is some, he's a Turian and he's, pissed off like all the major gangs of this place. Like all of them are like gotten to the point where they're like, they're willing to team up to take this guy down. And yeah, when you do that mission, you find out, yeah, it's Garrus and it, 
it's really kind of a cool reveal too because like to to get to him you have to like pretend to join this uh you know the the three gangs but really it's like once you start this assault you basically turn on them and you get into the room with archangel and he takes his helmet off and there's garris and then you help him defend against the the like massive waves of gang these gangs coming after him uh to get him out of there um and then you get introduced to the other character you pick up on Omega though is one of the probably more like deeply written characters like at, if you look at his arc from like where you pick him up to where he ends by the end of the third game is Morden Solis, a Solarian doctor who, you know, like as you, as you talk to him, you kind of like throughout the game, you find out like he was part of the genophage against the Krogan. And, you know, he basically retooled the genophage when they realized it might not have been working properly, which kind of makes him this like, but he, he's so nonchalant about it. Like, you know, like to him, it was just, you know, it was something that needed to be done, you know, and he, he doesn't, well, he never says he regrets it, but you can definitely tell as this, as two goes on that there's aspects that he's like, he did a job, he did what he had to do, but he's starting to see the kind of like the bad side. Like he's starting to see where it might not have been a fair thing to, you know, get the genophage put the genophage on to the Krogan. Um, but yeah, so like, but more than Solis, like, I think it's, you have to like, he's, there's a, a virus in a certain part of the, of the, the space station Omega, and he's running a clinic there. So you, you know, you go and he, you know, he basically tells you he'll join you if you go and find, um, as long as you can, like, because he's he synthesized a cure for this virus, but it needs the uh, it needs to be like introduced through the 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 duct system. Basically, it has to be dispersed through the the air handling of this this base. So he tells you basically, like, here's the cure. If you can get this to the you know the air you know basically the core of this system and get it going again, because it's been shut down by. I think it's like the blood pack, one of the gangs. Um, he will, you know, he'll join your party. And he also gives you a side quest of like, hey, and if you find my, like essentially his apprentice or whatever, like his, uh, I can't remember what he, you know, like what the term for it is. Like this, this other person that's working the clinic with him. Cause like he ran off to try to help some people with, you know, being sick or whatever and hasn't come back. Like if you find him, you know, save him and bring him back to me kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, re really a majority of this game is spent, uh, either going on missions to find your team members or the new form of exploring. Cause in the first game, it's like you could travel to a, a system. You had so many planets in that system. Some planets you could just like basically, uh, You'd click on it and it would say, hey, you found this just by looking at the planet. Or some of them would allow you to land on them where you drive the Mako around, which in the first game, a lot of people hated the Mako. I have small gripes with it. I still think it was a fun mechanic at times. Um, where with this one, it's when you jump to a system, like there's actually multiple systems within a, the system. So it's like, you come in in a part of the system that has the mass relay and from there, like you can exit that system and travel, but you have like a fuel, you only have so much fuel. So like, as you go, you need to find like fuel upgrades and stuff like that. And, and like, but instead of like most of the planets you can't land on, you can just kind of click into them and it will let you scan them. And the scanning mini game is kind of, in many ways, it's like really relaxing. Um, it's kind of one of those things like the more as you start getting upgrades, you need to start scanning planets to get like uh rare, um, like get materials to build your upgrades. So, like, if you've got the, the plan for the, the upgraded shielding, 
but you need a, a bunch of platinum or palladium. So you go to planets and you click into your scanner and it brings up this like kind of bar that also shakes your controller and it'll tell you like what your um you know like what your you're finding heavy amounts of and then you send a probe into that and it gives you so many resources and i really liked it and it's a really fun thing like if you're you know you're in the late game and you don't have all the upgrades you need so far you get you know you can uh you could just like turn it on, turn the sound off. And like, I turn on like a podcast or some music and just scan planets for an hour, two hours at a time. And it is so like, so cool to do it. But I could like, I, I don't, I don't know. I've never really dug the research to see if there's people who thought it was just like boring, but you know, yeah, as you, as you go though, like I said, you can like travel, like there's so many more planets out there now. And um, sometimes you will like stumble upon a mission. Like you'll be, you know, you'll scan a planet and you'll hear, uh, oh, I didn't, I didn't talk about the Normandy. This one is also outfitted with a true AI named Edie, uh, enhanced defense. Something. I think it's, I can't remember. It's like en enhanced defense, something or other, but, um, yeah, sh uh, voiced by the, sultry voiced uh trisha helfer from battlestar galactica <laughs> um but anyways she uh she'll tell you like hey i i'm reading you know i'm, I'm reading something on this planet it'll inside the like the scanner icon you have on the planet it'll actually give you like an arm telling you like hey if you go this way you might find something if you find it it'll give you like a white circle and if you shoot a probe there, you might find like a place to land that has like a mini quest in it, or it might give you a, um, it might just be like, you know, like some kind of special resource for a mission you might find later, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, it was just, I really liked the way this opened up the galaxy of the game and gave you more to do. And I mean, and, and it really does add into the fact that like, you know, I mean, you do have to do these the scanning planets at some point in time because if you want to survive the final mission, you have to get each each team member that joins your crew, you have to get them to give you, you know, like you have to ask them, hey, do you have any ideas to upgrade the Normandy? And they'll give you it. And then you have to build those or you will not, like not all your team will survive. And that was another thing that I remember really, really standing on this one. Like, yeah, you go into that, if you go into the the final mission of this one, not prepared one if not all of your team members can die like even shepherd can die in that final mission and it's crazy to think that they built that that kind of a a mechanic into this game <clears throat> but anyways you know so like as you go though you know you start to uncover more and more of the you know like about these collectors and like i think it's once you finish the first you know first three dossiers so you get those three people on your team you get told of another colony that they know is about to get hit. Um, and if I remember, you don't even have the chance. Like once that triggers, like it instantly forces you to go to that mission. Um, and yeah, so you'll go to this, this mission and you go to this mission and it's, uh, you find on this planet, like the collectors have just recently hit. Um, and you find either Caden or Ashley, whoever survived the mission on Vermeer in the first game, will be on this planet. But they're not really impressed with you because, you know, you're working with Cerberus. So they're kind of actually antagonistic to you. But, you know, you saved them and helped them get like the the weapon system on this planet kicked in. So it's like, you know, stopping any further proof of the collectors attacking or like any further attempts of the collectors to attack this this colony um even though most of the colony's already been abducted so you know really you kind of in many ways failed on that one but um and through this mission it also allows you to find the first big key which is kind of like hey how are the you know like how do you stop this this system that the freaking collectors use. Cause like when they land, they send out like these swarms of insects and if they sting a human, it just like freezes them in place. Like it puts them in like a stasis almost and makes it easier for the collectors to, you know, like put them in a pod and take them away. 
So you need to figure out, you know, like how to negate this. So if you talk to, you know, like through this mission, like Morden gets the information, he needs to start synthesizing something to protect you guys from, you know, from the, this swarm. Um, yeah, so you, you finish that one and you're, you know, you get, you get back to the ship and you'll be given another set of dossiers. Um, oh, I forgot to mention the thir- in the, the first wave of crew members, you actually get your Krogan companion too, which is, I remember first being upset because I was really hoping that they'd bring Rex back as a crew member in the second game. But instead they give you this Krogan that like you get sent to find like a, a Krogan scientist, which they kind of keep making reference to. That's very rare. Um, but he's this Krogan scientist. And when you get there, he's under attack by this, you know, this force that like they hired him to create them a Krogan army to like basically rule the universe or, you know, like try to take down the, the galaxy or whatever. But really what he was doing was like, he was using like his inferior thing, you know, Krogan to give to this, this person or this like militia or whatever they are. While really he was making what he deemed the perfect Krogan and this Krogan scientist dies in the mission, but you get to like take the stasis pod onto your ship with you with like the perfect Krogan on it. And that gives you the option. Like you don't even have to like the thing that's weird is you don't even, you can't, you don't even have to get this team member because like you can decide to just basically destroy the, the pod there or bring it onto the ship. Then once you get on the ship, you can decide to like basically kill the Krogan inside while it's sleeping, or you can wake it up. And see what happens. Of course, you got to wake it up, though. I mean, you got to know, you got to meet this character, which then gives you Grunt. Um, you know, an awesome character. Like I have somewhere. Oh, do I not have it hung up? I thought I had it hung up. Um, anyways, I've got a a picture done by a local artist from where I used to live. That's Rex and Grunt, like fist bumping, and they're wearing tap out gear and stuff like that. It's called Brogans. Well, when I first got Grunt in the, the second game, originally, I was like, but it's not Rex. But as you interact with Grunt, dude, like, he became, like, a mainstay in my party. Um, just for the commentary he has while you're fighting. And, you know, and for the fact, like, he just, he's such a badass character. Um, his interact interactions with people are awesome. Um... And I don't think I'm going to break down like every character you get. I'll probably do like a, a who's who of like my favorites. But um, but yeah, then as you as you progress through the game, though, you get like the more like after main missions, you can interact with like anybody who's in your part, like your crew. You can instantly go and talk to them somewhere on the ship because they all like set up shops somewhere on the ship. And if you talk to them, you can eventually get them to... <sighs> excuse me, give you, give you like a personal mission. Um, they call them loyalty missions. And like, you have to do those as well. Cause if you don't do a loyalty mission for a character, that character is not loyal to you and they won't. So like just for not being loyal to you in this, you know, this final mission, you know, like when, by the time you go to the final mission, they die in the, the final, the, you know, the suicide mission or whatever. And it's like I said, there's so many levels to two that just play amazing in the long run. Um, yeah, so you know, but as you go, you also start to like you start to uncover like the the secret of who the who the collectors are. And the big twist comes, I think it's like halfway, maybe a little more than halfway into the game when you find out that the crow or the the collectors are actually um protheans that were basically uh indoctrinated by the by the reapers so you're seeing basically what happened the last like you know they they make reference even in the first game and in this one a lot like how there's been many cycles of this you know the reapers come from deep space destroy everything and go back into deep space and let you know like 
let these inferior like they kill like superior races and then like they let these like inferior races like kind of like evolve and when they hit a certain point they come back and wipe out again or whatever well so you get to find out that like wait a second the protheans didn't die they were just all basically indoctrinated and turned into another you know another piece of this um reaper army that they can call upon so then it becomes okay the what are the collectors though like what are they doing with all these people they're you know capturing because they're only capturing human colonies so like what is it they want kind of thing um yeah it uh, but as you go and like you get more party members of course you eventually get tali um you get a different Asari character because uh, Liara, you interact with her, but she's not like she doesn't join your party except for if you have the Lair of the Shadow Broker DLC, which uh, I know Tony will agree with me on this one is probably the best DLC in the, the Mass Effect series because it is amazing. It is pretty badass because like when you find Liara again, she's trying to take down the Shadow Broker who is like really kind of just like. Much like what Cerberus was in the first game, just kind of like this offhanded mention at one point in time in the game. Um, that, you know, like he's basically like he just gathers in from, or the Shadow Broker. You don't know if it's a he, you don't know if it's multiple people, but the Shadow Broker just brings in, uh, like gathers as much information and basically sells it to the highest bidder. But they do. Ultimately, there are a couple hints here and there that the Shadow Broker does have a, a bigger end game hidden somewhere. And through Liara, you also find out like basically the Shadow Broker tried to like the Shadow Broker like co-opted Liara to help find um Shepard's body because the Shadow Broker wanted your body because he well the Shadow Broker wanted to sell it to the collectors. Um so Liara helps the Shadow Broker find the body, but then actually turns it over to Cerberus um, in hopes that, that whatever they planned on doing with his body would be better than whatever the, you know, the the collectors wanted with it. Because um, it's pr- I think it's made pretty clear that the collectors like wanted to study Shepard's body and find out why Shepard was so resistant to indoctrinate indoctrination like why he was what made him so special that he could stand against the reaper so powerfully but you get you know yeah you get a samara who like introduces a new new aspect of the asari culture because she's a just a car which is kind of like a basically they're kind of a mix between like an, an asari special agent like black ops agent and real like you know kind of like a religious figure at the same time because like they're able to do whatever they want um but they do still have kind of like a religious code to their order and it's it's kind of fascinating the more you go um and eventually you do get a Geth companion, which I remember that was kind of a shocker at one point in time because like, yo, yeah, it's like, okay, you find out more about the Geth and how through this character Legion, you find out more about the Geth and how like the, the Geth were basically like there's two factions within the Geth. There's the Geth that are the true Geth and there's these Geth that kind of splintered off and do believe the Reapers are like this deity that they should be you know that that should be followed or whatever um yeah i'm kind of rambling here i'm recording this earlier than i normally do um but yeah so you you put together your team you you get these you know get all your upgrades put together and you know you basically you 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 get everything ready so you can launch a suicide mission on uh on like essentially the collector's base which is like hidden through this special mass relay that you you need a like the omega 4 relay which to get through it you have to get like this special transponder which takes you to a 
an actual like dead reaper that Turian supposedly took out this reaper. So you have to like, you know, you go to this, this reaper base to get this, you know, this special transponder that'll let you travel safely through the Omega four relay. And, and, and as you're going, like, you know, you, you do have constant interactions with the elusive man and it, like he's telling you, you can definitely tell throughout these these interactions because of how well Martin Sheen voices his character that he's telling you what he thinks you need to know, but he's not telling you everything on what he has planned. Um. So yeah, so you go through, and and of course, as you make decisions, like he'll he'll question your decisions every now and then, but he's like, but at the same time, he's like, it's not what I would have done, but. I got to trust that you're doing what you feel is right and it'll be right in the long run. Um, very much up until like pretty much the last mission. Um, there's a pretty hard cutoff on whether you're, you know, whether he will hate you or not kind of thing. Um, but yeah, and you do all the loyalty, like the loyal, some of the loyalty quests are really kind of felt throwaway to me, but some of them are freaking amazing like grunts loyalty quest like he's basically going through krogan puberty i guess you could call it and he needs to go through this like rite of passage to clear it you know to clear his head or whatever so you take him to the krogan homeworld which allows you to interact with rex at least um and he tells you like basically if the shaman of this people will um sign off for it he, you know grunt can do this this rite of passage um so you know you get you get to do this rite of passage and take grunt out and like dude you get to fight a thresher maw with like you know just you know like not in a, a vehicle of any kind which is badass um really epic fight uh and i think i want to say Morden Solus's side quest is also on Tachanka the Krogan. Yeah, that's right. Because Morden Solus, like, he wants you to help him find this this old intern or whatever you know, like assistant he had that was kidnapped on Tachanka. Well, you do his side quest, you find out his his this you know like disciple or, or, or assistant or whatever didn't get abducted. He chose to go to Tachanka. And help one of these like rogue clan, like you know, clan of uh, Krogan, try to find a cure for the genophage. But he's using very barbaric methods to try to do so. So it it ends with like basically you confronting this this assist former assistant, and this is where you get like some really good character growth out of Morden Solus because it's like he's seen what the genophage has done to other people who weren't so clinically minded about it. Um, as well as seeing like, you know, like what the dark side of his people kind of is. Cause like this guy believes so badly that the genophage was wrong, that he was willing to basically kill other Krogan in order to try to find a cure for the genophage. And it gives you a great, um, great decision where you get to make the decision of what do you do with this guy's research? Because even Morden's like, well, this research is, you know, like may have been barbaric how he got the, the results, but these results could really help at some point in time find, uh, you know, find a cure for the genophage. And of course the Paragon option is to like basically get Morden to agree that, you know, Malin was a horrible person and what he did was wrong, but there, you know, the sacrifice of all these Krogan that died in the process of getting this research would be in vain if they just destroyed the, the results. And it's, it's really kind of like, this is like, like I said, throughout that mission, you really start to get a growth through Morden where he's starting to see what he really did. He's not just seeing the stats and, um, you know, figures of it, the science of it. He's seen what the genophage has actually done to the Krogan. And it, you can kind of see the cracks in his, you know, his very clinical nature about it. He still keeps saying like, you know, no, it was what needed to be done, but is it still what needs to be done kind of thing? Um, man, it's such a great, 
such a great side quest. Um, yeah, so you know, you get your you get your team together, get them all loyal to you. Of course, there's also like different interactions between characters on the ship. Like when you get your whole party together, I think there's like there's one between Miranda and another badass character you get named Jack, who's uh, like just this totally tattooed up, foul mouthed. Total badass biotic character. Um, and her and uh, Jack and uh, Jack and Miranda don't get along. So there's a point like where if you don't play the like you don't have a you know your charisma or whatever at a high enough level, you can't talk both of them down. So you'll lose the loyalty of one or the other. Um, and I think there's another one between Tali and Legion at one point in time. That if you don't play it right, you could lose the loyalty of one or the other. Um, but yeah, so you got your team, you got your ship all upgraded, and you can finally make the jump through the Omega 4 relay. And it is a badass mission because, like, it it gives you yet another chance to lose team members. Cause, like, you know, you you get into the like basically you get the like your your upgrades your ship get you through and to the collector base. You get there, but then you have to just like start splitting into teams. And there's like three or four points where you have to make a decision on like who to send where. So like you're like, okay, well, we're gonna have this team. We need to have another team. Uh who leads the other team? So you have to like there's certain stat checks that have to go into the per like that the person that you assign to the lead have to meet if you want that that team to not have anybody die or like there's a there's a point where you need a tech expert to go in this ventilation shaft but they need to be like a certain text level you know tech savvy so you have to assign the right person there or somebody will die in that. Or there's a uh, point where you need to have somebody with biotics like put a field around you because Warden Solis found a cure to small amounts of the, that swarm. But like the amount of swarm that's in this one area of the collector base, like there's no way even his, you know, his fix could could get you through it. So like you have to have a choose a biotic character to like basically put a field around you. So you're like fighting a battle on the collector ship but you can't leave this bubble of bio like this biotic sphere and it's like really like it, they really throw some cool mechanics that make this mission last but like i said if you make the wrong decision somebody can die there um but of course you make all the right decisions you get to the point where you you choose your you know your two other team members to make the final assault on whatever it is the collectors are after or whatever. And you get to give, you know, of course, the, the rousing shepherd speech, which is is kind of cool. Like, I mean, it, it's kind of heavy-handed, and they make jokes about it in the third one at points. But, um, yeah, you get you, you, you do your speech, and then you take your, your two team members, and you go off to find, you know, what were the collectors doing with all these, uh, you know, these these humans they were uh abducting and oh i i kind of left out something there i forgot there is a a point in like the like late game where you're uh like shepherd and the whole crew of like your like your your crew your whole crew go off on go somewhere and while they're gone the collectors attack the normandy and so you have a brief point where you play kind of it's it's not really stealth, but you play at a certain level of stealth level of playing as Joker, trying to get to Edie and like basically break her shackles and let her let her take full control. Because if she can take full control of the ship, she can basically wipe out the the collectors that are on the ship. But while you're doing that, you're actually seeing like members of like crew of this. Um, of the Normandy getting abducted by the collectors. So you unshackle Edie, which is in many ways, a you know, like a kind of a questionable thing. Cause like you're giving this true AI full control of this battleship. Um, but like, you know, a as the game goes, like Joker's like kind of like, kind of like starts to really like having Edie around. Although at first he hates having her and it's kind of funny, like their interactions, but, um, 
more on where that goes in the third one. But, um, but yeah, so you play as Joker and it's really just kind of like walking through and like, I think there's only like one point that's like true stealth. Cause like you can't go up this one hallway too soon or you'll get captured. Um, but you, you know, you unshackle Edie and then she will clear the, clear the ship and like just in time, of course, for, you know, for Shepard and like, you know, all your party members to get back. So like, that's another reason, you know, like that this is like, becomes like such a main mission. It's like, you want to save all the members of your, you know, your crew from the Normandy, which you can lose like your personal assistant kind of character. I think if you play things wrong, like she can die, but like that doesn't harm your, you know, your overall, you know, like she doesn't count into the achievement for getting everybody to survive the, the suicide mission. But, um, yeah, it's, but anyways, yeah. So you like, as you go in, like you do find, you know, like you find the other members, like you find the doctor, she got abducted in that, that mission. And so she, you know, you can find her and save her. And then, yeah, you go off on, go off to find the final thing and you find out like basically the, the Reapers were, the collectors were harvesting the humans and like basically creating a new Reaper, but it looks like human. So it's like this massive, it's, it's kind of a, kind of a letdown of a boss in some ways. Cause I mean, it's basically just like giant skeletal looking creature um, first wave, there's like these tubes that open, like, you know, plungers almost that open and close as you're, you're fighting it. You just have to blow those tubes up and then you'll think it falls, but it comes back up. And then you shoot the very obvious glowing weak spot in the middle of the chest for critical damage. And, you know, yeah, you take it down and, and then it's just like the fast paced run back to the Normandy to, to, uh, you know, to get out alive. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's really the core of the, the core of the story, but I, I think I'm going to dig a little bit into, uh, into the layer of the shadow broker DLC, because that one really has a big part to play later on. Cause like I said, you get to, if you don't own the DLC, you can do like basically the entry level to it. Which is like basically, you know, you get to a certain planet, you interact with Liara, who will give you information on like the dossiers that, because like there's some people on that planet that you need to find. Um, but then if you like, then she'll ask you like tap these like security consoles because she, there's somebody that's like been, there's somebody who's working for the Shadow Broker that she, you know, she wants to take down kind of thing. So you can do these taps and whatnot. And well, that's kind of the entry. Well, well, if you do that, and I think you do like one more small thing, you'll find out like her assistant was working for the shadow broker, but you'll also figure out where the shadow broker is located. So you can go after this, like basically like ship that's hidden in this like massive storm um, to like shield its existence and go after the shadow broker and it actually, you know, like it's, it's kind of a tough, tough area. Cause like you fight on the outsides of the ship, like most of the fighting is on the outside hull of the ship, um, against like the shadow brokers, like droids and whatnot, bots and whatnot. Um, but once you get inside, you know, like you get to find out the shadow broker is this giant creature that's known as like a, I think that's a yog or a yarg or something like that. It's this giant, like thorny head creature, which actually makes like freaking shepherd look like a badass fight in this thing. Cause essentially you have to like, you have to punch it eventually. Um, and it, it has like an interesting mechanic to the fight, but when you take it down, it gives like, it basically Liara takes over as the shadow broker. And if you don't do that DLC, it can be kind of weird going into three where she's on the Normandy and, she has all the shadow broker um, like assets. So not having played the shadow broker DLC originally and then playing three, I was like, wait, what? I'm missing something here. But then I later played the shadow broker DLC. I'm like, okay, so you kind of have to play that layer of the shadow broker DLC to get the payoff to like, to fully understand like, why does she have all the shadow brokers assets all of a sudden? Um, 
but yeah, oh my god, it's it's such a badass, a badass quest that like builds more lore. It introduces you to a new alien race, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, other than that, like I think there was another DLC that I played for the first time on this this playthrough. I think it was called like Project Overlord or something like that, and it was really like it's the closest to like true horror. Like by the end of this this quest, it goes full on horror because like you know you you get called to a installation where like a a VI has like basically gone rogue again. Because um, in the first game you have a rogue VI mission too, but it's a lot sh- a lot shorter of a mission, but um. Which sends you to like all these different installations, so you can get to like the core of the the VI. And when you get to the core of the VI, you find out that the doctor that you interacted with, like when you first start this mission, has basically he had a brother that's they never really say, but it's like it's like very Rain Man as so I'm saying thinking like autistic or whatever. But he can duplicate the Geth sound, so he was able to like communicate with the Geth. Um, so his brother, in a way, in a, an att- like, or the scientist, in an effort to enhance the ability to communicate with the Geth and maybe make the Geth work for him, he basically locks his brother like in the core of this system. But the brothers like revolting. So like you you get into a fight and basically the 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 final boss is like this, you know, the core of the thing. And that's when you find out that the brother is like still locked in this thing. And when it comes open, it's like, you know, he's got his eyes propped open all clockwork orange style. And he's pretty much begging for death. Or at least to be set free. And it is truly horrific. But it was so worth playing. Um, and then I think the last DLC I played that I didn't get to play originally was the one that gives you uh, the Thief crew member, which was fun, but I don't think I ever used the Thief crew member after getting her. Um, I can't remember what her... I think it's like Kasumi or Kasumai or something like that. But she... Yeah, you get... But you get to do like basically Secret Agent Shepard. In this one, because like she wants you to help infiltrate this this rich man's vault to steal back something that belonged to like a former associate of hers. So the whole thing is like you go in under you know undercover, kind of because I mean they know you're Shepherd. Oh no, I don't think they do know you're Shepherd at first. Anyways, yeah, you go you go in there and like she so she but she can't get in, so she's kind of like walking you through over like an earpiece over like what you need to do to open up this vault. So you get the vault open. You go in there, you can find some really cool like artifacts that, you know, like there's some artifacts that actually have ties to like the first game and whatnot. But um and you steal back this thing that she was after, which you find out is like the memories of this former associate of hers who she was in love with. Um, and he's dead, but so the memories is all she has left. It was a cool mission, but like I said, I never did anything else with, with that character. Um, I think the only only other thing I really want to mention is like because I didn't really for some reason I totally jumped over one of my favorite party members as far as like another character that is awesome in the second game but his part of the like his small part of the third one like really enhances the character is Thane Krios like there's a point you get assigned to go after uh, to like hire this assassin and he's a race that you've never you know like you haven't met before called the Drell. And you go after this, uh, you know, you're, you're, you have to like scale this, like, uh, like essentially skyscraper in, in, God dang it. My mind's just completely went blank on me. It's in the process of being built. Um, so you go up this skyscraper to find, a character that's actually like a, a, a minor NPC quest in the first game. 
And she thinks you're there to kill her, but really you're there to find the assassin that's sent to kill her. And dude, he just like drops in silently, like completely destroys her guards and kills her. And then he's like, he does this like uh, prayer for her. And then just like, yeah, let, let's go. I, I knew what you were looking. I was just, you know, like I, I, I left enough breadcrumbs for you to come find me. Cause I wanted to see how badly you were, you know, like how much you were, how far you were willing to go to recruit me kind of thing. But Thane Krios is like, is a badass character because he's so, he's so quiet and so badass. But at the same time, like you find out he's dying and this whole thing that he's doing, he's not doing these assassinations for money. He's trying to clear his conscience before, like before this illness he has can kill him. And it's so freaking, it's such a powerful feeling. Like as the more you talk to him and like whenever he, he has a memory, like he'll go into these like weird trances and it's kind of, kind of fascinating. Um, but yeah, he, he has a really like, even though he's like not in your party in the third one, he has a really cool part to the third one that like enough that I, I, I have to talk to talk about him here so I can talk about the payoff in the third game. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess that's where I'm going to wrap it up. Cause I've done my, uh, I've done over an hour now. Um, so yeah, I will say, uh, if you want to reach the show, you can reach it at standstrongcast at gmail.com. Um, feel free to write with me with your thoughts on Mass Effect 2. Anything you think I, I left off, because I'm pretty sure I've, I've left off a lot. Because if I were to talk everything about Mass Effect 2, this podcast would have to be way longer. Um, comments, questions, you know, that kind of stuff. I will say thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone who su- supports me personally on this this endeavor. Uh, thank you to Spider for my artwork on my body and for my podcast. Um, yeah, so I guess with that, I will say talk to you in two weeks. Bye bye.